0: Hey, guys. Montel here, and thanks so much for tuning in to this edition of Let's Be Blunt with Montel. My guest today is a 17-year veteran in the cannabis industry. 17 years, folks. Not one of those Nikki New guys that came along just because of the green rush, but she's been involved in the cannabis industry really for a large part of her life. She's a certified She is certified as a cannabinoid medicine specialist by the American Academy of Cannabinoid Medicine. She's a liaison between the government, the community, and the cannabis business owners all over the country, and a consultant to both doctors and patients on customizing cannabis treatment plans and approaches the industry from a natural sciences perspective. She has a bachelor's degree of science, a bachelor's of science in environmental biology with a minor in botany from the University of Maine. And is currently the executive director of the Cannabis Business Council for Santa Barbara County, California, or Santa Barbara County Inc. Liz Rogan, thanks so much for being a part of the show today. Thanks for being a part of Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Thank you. Well, no, absolutely. You know, let's let's talk a little bit about what brought you to and got you interested in the cannabis industry to begin with.
1: Well, it's a good question. Thank you. Um, so I actually come from, like you've mentioned, the biology and botany background. And so I was working on uh, Vandenberg Air Force Base here in a uh, California, Central California, as a seabird biologist. So I did botanical surveys and I was working with uh, monitoring all the reproduction of uh, population studies of the birds that nested on the outside of the the coast of the Air Force Base. So um, that was a six-month-on, six-month-off contract. So after uh, basically six months off, I became to Santa Barbara. I'm surfing and bartending at night and uh, met a friend who offered me a position to open a new cannabis dispensary. And um, honestly, after being a biologist, you didn't make the best money. And I was mm-hmm. excited to try something new. I really care about plants. And I'd seen how cannabis had helped people. And so I, I uh, walked into a building with a credit card, an empty building, and you know, created a dispensary. And after about six months of getting things going after this SOPs and everything, I really started being able to listen to the consumers who are patients, you know, this is um, 2006. And so I remember this one gentleman who was saying how this certain strain really worked well for his eye, this pain he had from glaucoma and his head and his eyes. And, you know, I really was listening to him and was like, we tried different ones to see if that would work and none gave him the same, you know. And with my botany background, I really wanted to dive in and see why was this happening? Uh, My family is also very much in the medical industry on the East Coast. So they question everything. And then coming from a data-based world with science, I really wanted to see what exactly was happening between the plant and the body. And so I fell in a crack and never came back. There's a world (laughs) inside. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> as you know.
0: <laughs> yes, for sure. No, I know. I guess you started your outdoor grow in 2004, took you that long to get it up and running and get it moving forward. Now, tell us about that grow though. Tell us why you did outdoor instead of like indoor.
1: Well, I started doing the outdoor because originally as a biologist, I didn't really have that much money. And then the thing about the sun is it has the entire array of spectrum of light. And so for a plant, a cannabis plant you know has a life cycle, so when you're it's indoors you're kind of you're forcing it, you know it's kind of like you're juicing it with these nutrients and and you're kind of keeping it on this tight schedule. but in the sunlight, it lets the cannabis plant grow and and go along with the seasons it can um kind of it basically also medicinally it's shown to be more potent with more of the trichomes, which have cannabinoids, terpenes, and other compounds in them. So, you know, I found that that was not only like the most sustainable, but provided like the plant, the best life, um, healthy wise, health wise, you know, let it be strong. And then also provided me with the best medicine that I knew where exactly how it was grown, you know, where it came from.
0: Yeah, and I guess, you know, you, you, uh, you know, you and I have been in this business for quite a long time. You've been in it 70 years. I've been in it for almost 20, 21 years now. And, and, you know, I, way back before, you know, even terms like terpenes, flavonoids, you know, were being thrown around, you know, I was out looking for, broader spectrum and, and talking to people about the fact, I kept saying back in like 2005 and six and seven, 2001, I was talking about CBD and nobody even knew what I was talking about. And then 2005, six and seven, I kept saying, guys, CBG is coming. CBN is coming. You just don't even know. And people oh, wow. were like, you know, looking at me like I was crazy. Well, and then I man, remember
1: going to a conference and you were the key one of the keynote speakers. So I, mm-hmm. you know, I, yeah, you are a true pioneer and, I often say, you know, that we there's a forest and we see like three or four trees, but we're standing in this forest and you see those trees. So thank you.
0: Oh, no, absolutely. And I think you see those trees being a botanist. I mean, I think, you know, let's, let's stop right there for just a second. You started consulting with doctors and patients about cannabis treatments. But you started doing so, understanding that, again, things like, you know, the sunlight broadening the spectrum of, you know, uh, not just the cannabinoids, but also all the other constituent component parts of this plant that all work together in synergistic way to provide the medicine. You know, um, did, how was that when you first started talking and trying to explain that to people? That must have been like, you know, speaking a whole different language than most of these guys, right?
1: Yeah, you understand, you know, you start talking in acronyms of CBD, THC, CBG, you know. Um, So people are just like, what are you even talking about? Uh, But what I love to do personally, too, is break it down, like understand science, you know, read that data, understand it, wrap my head around it, and then share that information in a way that people can understand. And I feel like you're, you're very similar. So you understand this, but I like to be able to tell it in a story and then let people make up, you know, their their mind for themselves but that way they have all of the educational needs in front of themselves so they can you know take control of their own health
0: well that's 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 a that's part of what i think has been one of the biggest downfalls of our industry you know i mean there's projections saying that you know this industry is going to blow up next year twenty twenty two uh, because there's going to be so many different initiatives going on. We've got several of the states coming online, but there's going to be a lot more conversations at the national level in Congress trying to figure out what they're going to do about banking and other things, and then there's more conversations going on around the country about, you know, the fact that, you know, even even conversations about uh, THC-8 and, you know, THCO and all these derivatives that we're now starting to find that, you know, some people have kind of gone a little crazy on, I think. Um, But it's broadening out the conversation, but we're leaving the consumer in the dust. I think one of the biggest problems with this industry has been the fact that we have been so B2B, trying to make sure that everybody gets to make their buck rather than B2C, business to consumer, trying to educate the consumer. I mean, you know, I don't understand why this industry doesn't even understand when you take a look at the television. If I turn on my TV right now, then the next 20 minutes, there's going to be at least 10 different ads for pharmaceutical products. Why? Because the pharmaceutical industry is smart enough to understand, get the consumer psyched, let the consumer know this is out there. The consumer goes to the doctor and says, what is this? Then the doctor orders it and gives it to them. That's how this works. It's not we, the businesses, create something and try to shove it down their throat. You got to educate the consumer, make them feel more comfortable. And it's people like you that are working to basically, you know, I, I'm, I don't mean this in, in a in an aspersion way. I mean this in an in, 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 in applaud to you. You're trying to make the knowledge and science behind the plant easier for the consumer to digest, easier for the consumer to remember. I mean, you know, it's like uh, going into a store. It's all, the whole conversation I've been having lately with a lot of people who, you know, in the last 10 years, whether we like it or not, the idea of strains, eh, get rid of it. The idea of, you know, Indica, sativa hybrid, yeah, whatever. I mean, because almost the majority of what's out there comes from a seed that has been a hybridization of the last 20 years. So we're not even really selling. I mean, you know, we're not selling the small, bushy plants or the tall plants. We're selling this thing in between. And that's got component parts of all of them mixed together, though we're lying and saying, well, this is more sativa. No, it's not. It's not a sativa. It's a hybrid. It has been a hybrid for a while. Now let's look at what the hybrid constituent parts are. Let's look at the terpenes. Let's go down that entire profile of terpenes. And now let's figure out what it is in those terpenes that we've known about for 60, 70 years when it comes to other products and other plants you know, we've been investigating terpenes in cauliflower. We've been investing in terpenes in broccoli and spinach. You know, a terpene is a terpene. Is terpene a terpene a terpene? I'm not sure about that. That's something else we've got to get to. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, is, is the mercine in a mango the same as the mercine in cannabis? Well, molecularly, it might look that way, but then you go spectrographically, and now all of a sudden we got a couple extra O's and Zeros and things in there that. Exactly. Understand. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and all these questions you're, you're saying are like, you know, every is so valid. You know what's, I think the challenging thing is, is, um, because like the industry and doctors and specialists, like scientists don't even understand, um, what's going on. That's why there's like, I think uh, they can't explain to consumers. So this has kind of been something because of that schedule one status, you know, um, is really stopped everything, you know, like, you know, people had to do this underground and stuff. And so, um, uh, but the one thing I was going to say is I think that like, there's a lot of legislation, um, you know, moving forward. I am a correspondent on the state of cannabis news hour. I'm a co-producer also. Um, but so I get to, we talk about the most current news articles in the cannabis industry. And so there's a lot of initiatives, but it's also, you have to look at it's an election year coming up. There's a lot of posturing. Um, and so often like a lot of initiatives don't get passed there, but at the same time, you know, look at where we are as a society, As a country, you know, we want money. We're worried about wealth, uh, you know, and so that wealth that the cannabis industry brings in from those businesses is a huge thing. There also is, like, the way the laws are set up, small farmers are suffering too. So it's basically where these small legacy farmers who've been breeding these different strains, you know, for a long time that have various different cannabinoids and terpenes, they're getting pushed out because the way the laws are set up with such high taxes and fees that basically, um, that's all like the the a lot of people i mean it's basically getting passed on to the consumer those high taxes so the problem is like those taxes across the board you know the dollar sign was the carrot for the cannabis industry and so that moved the laws forward but again like you said the patients don't win in that situation so then we have news today that pfizer just um you know got over $6 billion or something um, in in doing patents and stuff into the cannabis industry. But the thing that concerns me about that, like you're saying, is I like, I would love to have insurance, like cover that. I would like, I I think the doctors really need to know more, not only if like, because they want to prescribe it or, or recommend it, but that the patients are using it, they're using CBD. So these doctors need to know what's going on with any kind of interactions in their body and everything. But I think, the problem is that, you know, the taxes are so high, they're finally dropping more of the the DEA is, is dropping more like a moratorium on research. So they can get actually cannabis from actual stores nearby and test that to see what's actually going on versus. So I think it was such a built up crazy system. And as we put it into law and legalize it, there's a lot of challenges. And, um, you know, we always say follow the money. And that's what that's what the, sucks
0: is like, yeah, the patients lose out. You know? And I think the patients, are you know, when when big pharma gets involved, I, I, I have been, been screaming this at the top of my lungs. I'm so sorry. But, you know, if you have been a doctor who for the last or 10 years ago was saying, no, 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 no. And now today you say, oh, yeah, I think it works. I, 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 I have no respect for you whatsoever and have no respect for the knowledge base that you have, whether you can tell me that maybe – you know, they've been enlightened. I don't think so. It's bullshit. They've only been enlightened by the fact that there's a dangling dollar out there and they don't want to miss their piece. It really ticks me off a little bit because, I mean, you know, there, there are people that I know, you know, who literally were so adamantly against. And now all of a sudden, wow, you know, I was able to do a little research. No, you weren't. You just decided that you were going to partner with a friend of yours that has a business down the street and you know you're going to make a buck. And that leaves the patient on the battlefield. I think what we got to do is go back to the beginning of this when the laws first started being written and try to figure out a way to recapture. I mean, recently, I think uh, there's a couple of senators and congressmen who are trying to come together to, you know, structure some some legislation around the banking industry, but they're still talking about taking 25% in tax. Are you kidding me? What other industry is is giving up 25% in taxes when that isn't you're not even thinking about the margins at all in growing packaging and and then and then you know you've got all these states that have come up with these ridiculous rules on i need to have this child proofed child proof beyond real belief so that now your packages cost more than the product that you put in them
1: exactly and they're in no way sustainable you know and if we all know kids are gonna get something, kids are gonna get something. I mean, it's basically like it it should be treated more like alcohol. I think that stigma is what's hard. Doctors were worried about losing their licenses too. There's it's happened to a lot of them, you know. I, I know from like my father being a doctor, so I would see that side. He's a doctor who really cares and a general doctor who does like listen and stuff. And I have to say, like he he definitely was not pro-cannabis, but over time in listening to me and listening to the real evidence, like it's almost like they have to take that stigma down before they can even start to hear you know what i mean because they just anytime i talk to him about patients and like tincture and dosing he basically said oh you know in his mind i later talked to him and he equated that with like smoking and i'm like no 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 there's so many methods of ingestion and now he actually will refer patients to me so to me it's like i understand what you're saying about that but i do think that like i do want to give people that chance to be like look understand this like don't be afraid of this like bud like i almost want to shake a bud sometimes be like oh I guess
0: I should be a little less hard on, but it just it, it ticks me off because, again, like I say, in some ways, you see big industry and you know, it's like, why are doctors right now fighting the teaching of the endocannabinoid system? This isn't something that the, that the, the cannabis industry came up with. This is something that our federal dollars found out about by funding and research in Israel back 30 years ago. Yeah. funding 30 years 30 years ago this is research yeah. that they found out 50 years ago when they were funding research in new yorks and mississippi stay with us we'll be right back
1: do you want to know how to become a social media influencer how to grow an online business how to make money from your laptop and build a profitable online company well i'm going to show you how in my podcast living the Red Life. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, this is know, like watching uh, that loading bar on your computer, like keep spinning and spinning and spinning for like years. Yes. Like I agree with you. It's, I just think, you know, and if you look at cannabis, like over time, like along it's been like illegal, then it's legal and taxed really highly. Like 1937, they had the marijuana tax act and stuff. Then they made it illegal again. And so I always do worry. I'll be honest about like, how could the pendulum swing? Like if we swing so far, could we swing back? Um, but
0: I think old blues out the gate. I'm so sorry. You're not calling old blue. Come on back. Yeah, I hope so, Montel. I worry.
1: And then, you know, it's like, but I agree, like compassion is what this is about. And, you know, I tell people like back to growing plants, you know, in in your backyard. I mean, I think growing a plant is very healing. And I see patients like all the time who I talk to and like growing that plant, even if it's like this tiny little plant, like in their window that produces like one bud, that's like, you know, a few grams, like they are so happy and they are, you know, it's, there's, it's a whole form of healing. And like you said, you know, and I want to see them understand that Health equals wealth, like social health equity, you know, like basically let's take this money and put it into health because the reason that we're all suffering is because people are are ill, our food, you know, our environment. And so it's like, let's use this to become healthy, and health is wealth. Well. Then we're not having our healthcare system crash. We won't have as many people sick, you know. Like, we'll be happier, you know. I mean, so that's where I try to come from because I understand the frustration and I'm sure you've seen it for so long especially for you dealing personally with an illness you know that affected your life and then how much it's changed. I mean it's finally people are hearing it like you know they just there was some walls to break down there you know and well, yeah, I
0: think, you know the, the biggest one you hear all the time is well when there's more research done when there when I know that there's research I, I, I always want to look them in the face and say give me a break and shut up There's more. We we just found out that I guess since 2020, there have been over thirty seven hundred peer reviewed published documents out there right now on cannabis. And those are the ones that have been done around the world. I think what's going to end up happening is, you know, when the rest of the world continues to do what it's doing right now, we have places like, you know, Columbia, where there's going to be probably a million acres Set aside overall in multiple businesses for cannabis growth. When there's places like South Africa, when there's going to be a million acres set aside for cannabis growth. Places like India, sure, places sure. like you know China. China right now, I think there's probably a million acres of of uh, that they are are, are culting. Now I would never buy a product out of China, but you know they're they are growing hemp over there trying to extract CBD because they recognize that the rest of the world wants access. When all of Europe is craving for it, when, I mean, you know, Israel craving for it, yeah. And, uh, Spain, you know, when we, and we, uh, you know, Canada is providing a lot of that export, you know, biomass. But, yeah. you know, uh, as soon as the rest of the world, I'm involved in 100% complete disclosure, I'm involved as a board member for a company out of Colombia and a company out of South Africa. And very soon, these companies will eclipse the ability for any state in the United States to even compete. And they already have set up mechanisms to be able to export their product. You know, the second America wakes up to that and recognizes that, that our stupid draconian laws is what it put us in the rear view mirror. Yeah. We'll finally say, oh, my Lord, we need to be a part of this.
1: I agree. I agree with you entirely. I've seen that, you know, especially with being on on the State of Cannabis News show. It's like, you know, just today they released news that Malta is like, I think, dropping penalties on it. I mean, just like within the last month, I saw an article that said that we were um, importing cannabis from Portugal for research for the DEA. And so I mean, and then in California, in Santa Barbara County where I live, they say we can produce like, you know, we produce ninety percent of the cannabis and for California. It's like, and that's the that is the uh the thing, you know, I think with the banking we hold ourselves back entirely. And and you're right, uh, you know, and that's what's scary too about the hemp grown in um China, you know, I think is is the CBD um, you know, as cannabis is an accumulator plant, cannabis and hemp being the same, correct. you know, an uptake that Uh, Even the radiation and uh, from Chernobyl, they were used for soil remediation. So it's like really important to knowing where things come from. So that's where we go back to that education and and having consumers know what's good. And I would like to see the government. I mean, as much as hard government regulation is, but I mean, regulate what's going in, what people can get on the shelf, like what's going into their bodies, because um, you know. But I agree with you entirely, and we need to pass safe banking and. Um, You know, my colleagues and I, some Washington insiders don't feel like it's it's going to happen anytime soon. They feel like it's a lot of posturing um, because it's an election year.
0: But I think I I would agree with some of your friends because I got to tell you something, if you remember leading up to 2020. You know, this current president and the vice president were out there talking all that smack. We're going to dish up in the first hundred days, and we get in office, we are going to pass some legislation in the magazine. It's like, shut the. You know what up? And you know, and you have the vice president <laughs> on different radio shows. I used to smoke a little bit like that. Right now, stop lying! Stop lying because all you want to do is see if you can ingratiate yourself to a group of people who could be potential voters. And yeah. the bottom line is that's what they're going to do again for the next year. I I, I really think that you know you might see, you know we got the, that Republican um, senator out of North Carolina that just put a bill forward. She doesn't believe in cannabis, the and Mace. that's been in her whole life, huh? Yeah,
1: yeah, uh, Mace, right? The Mace. Yeah, guy.
0: Mace. She didn't believe in yeah. cannabis, and that's been her whole life. Now all of a sudden you're going to jump on board something because you know that your state people are grumbling and saying, "How come North Carolina has been left behind?" just so that she can get enough people to say, okay, the voter back in, in November, yeah. and then move on and drop the issue again.
1: Of course. And that's exactly what you're saying, you know, with, I think like even you're you're mentioning about doctors and stuff, but I feel like so many people in the industry, like there's so many people, like look at Don Boehner and other people are like anti, anti next thing, you know, they're making money off it. So they're fine with it. And I agree with you entirely. There's so many people like that. And that's, what's you know, it goes back to like compassion. And and I like, you know, want to build more programs and not only for compassion for patients, but also for social equity for these people who are still in jail doing time while people will worry, go to out here and, and smoke, you know? And so with the laws changing, you know, it's, to me, that's, Helpful because I think that there's a lot of healing that has to be done in a lot of ways, you know. Like c- cannabis is is a big, big, very large encompassing thing, you know. I, and I way, think
0: have- way larger. I think way larger than most legislators even have the slightest clue about. I mean, you know, we, we take a look at what's going on right now with the fact that we know there's probably about 2,500 different usages of the hemp cannabis plant, not just from a consumable standpoint, but you know, from Everything from, uh, you know, biomass, using it for everything from plastic to hempcrete to you okay. name it. We, we, we yeah. can literally be be covering buildings, especially uh, 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 parking lots and things like that. Yeah. On the yeah. Outside of those, we could be covering those with hemp plants and actually be sequestering some of the CO2 in our atmosphere. We don't even understand that. I mean, and it's so ignorant how out of one side of our face, oh, we got a dish up about climate change. Cause we just saw what just happened in the, the terrible tornadoes yet you got something sitting here looking you right in the face when it comes from soil remediation to, to uh, sequestration of carbon. And we won't even sniff at it. I mean, and, and the conversations don't take place. I scream at the, at the loudest that I can trying to see if I can get somebody to finally pay attention. But unfortunately, you know, we, We just have politicians who are just so full of it. I'm sorry. I feel that way that they, they can't seem to get out of their own way.
1: Well, and I think that they're dated. It seems like, I I really think like term limits would be important, but it's like, I mean, are those people really representing like what the, you know, the current society is feeling? Like, I think that they're a little like, you know, on a decade or two, a little generation or two behind. And I understand the importance of of age and wisdom, but, you know, I agree with you entirely. I mean, it's, I think that that Mace did that for clickbait, you know, she wants her name to get out there and that's absolutely I do like, I did like the social equity mention in there. So I try to, you know, find some things that, that might be good. But what's hard is even with all the good things people say, you know, and these laws that they try to pass through, if you look at in deep in them, there's all this other stuff that's woven in, you know. That they just
0: try, they keep weaving in, give me more tax dollars, give me more tax dollars. That's what really bugs me. I mean, you know, look at Cory Booker who, you know, runs around here talking all the smack about how, You know, he wants to make this industry more equitable, and he's the one that's out here pushing for a 25% tax. It's like, shut up.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Why don't you talk to people who understand this rather than, you know, the people who just got aboard the industry? I mean, when you look at you, you were able to talk to your father and convince him to at least have an open mind. Do you think that the open mind attitude is starting to catch on with more and more doctors? or Do you? I do. I
1: actually work with a a bunch of doctors in um, Santa Barbara because of um, jumping into this position as the executive director of the American Academy of Cannabinoid Medicine. I did that for about a year and it was great because it was like a liaison between um, like teaching doctors, doctors who knew about cannabis actually knew it who were doing it for like 20 plus years and writing books about it. They were started to teach and educate other doctors who really want to know because again like even if they don't like want to you know work in cannabis they need to know what's going on because their patients are taking this stuff and there are some counter I mean you do need to look at drug drug interactions people aren't taking so many things you know um, CBD can affect your cytochrome P450 as you how you process medications. so you know if you're on a blood thinner like Coumadin it's very important to you know not be taking very high doses of CBD and so you would want to you know your doctor is the person you should be discussing any changes with, but if, again, if they don't know anything. So, but yes, I do see them being more open. A lot of them were really afraid because of their doctors who've lost their licenses, um, because the, like their medical cannabis patients and having a card. And so, I mean, it's, it's definitely something that they really worry about. And then my dad said this to me, and it's a good point. He said, um, the Hippocratic oath that he took was to do no harm. And, you know, he's he's a good, genuine person. He really said, you know, Liz, I just don't know enough about this to be able to tell patients what to do you know, and that was his concern. And so the thing is, yes, like there are all these universities opening up like with programs. I mean, it's, it's actually phenomenal to see, like, it's very heartening. You know, it's scary because the pharmaceutical industry wants to come in. And I think, as you know, we talked about broad spectrum and you've been talking about for, for decades um, is the fact that this whole plant is important. So in isolating these things, I always say it's kind of like an apple, like you could eat the apple or you could take the pieces apart and make them like little piles of vitamins, but they're not going to process the same in your body. Like we know, you know, and so when you isolate THC or isolate CBD, it definitely has some good effects. Like if you were to take vitamin C in a high dose, you know, but at the same time, like that can kind of burn out an infection, sometimes flush out something that's starting, but at the same time, like you need more things with the vitamin C to be able to absorb better in your body. So that's where it goes back to whole plant. My concern with that is that we don't lose that, you know, because Again, it's like a whole forest and there's so much to see and understand. Like if you look at ancient cultures, Chinese people use the roots of the plant. And like you said, you know, we really do have this plant that can help clean our water, clean our soil, sequester carbon. It's it's like there's no other plant that really marries so well with our, our, that has so many cannabinoids that match our endocannabinoid system. You know, I mean... And if you look at human culture, it's really cool over years, like hemp plant grows in disturbed areas or cannabis hemp, cannabis sativa, same thing. Basically they're, it's a family. They're all have a bunch of different kids, you know? So, Mm -hmm. but the disturbed areas, they would, uh, people would Pick the the plants for the seeds, bring them back to where they were. They'd shake them around to try to get the seeds off. Seeds would fly all over, you know. And so they would take some and go on to the next place. So it was really cool. Like cannabis and and hemp. Like I'm sorry, cannabis and people, humans have evolutionary tied together. You know, absolutely.
0: I I I, you know just like you know we see if you you put let a dog go out. Sometimes certain breeds of dogs will sniff out cannabis, eat it if their stomach is upset. It's something that was inherent to them, something that they were born with. Genetically, they look to the hemp plant or the cannabis plant to literally settle their stomach and some of their needs. I I think, you know, when that's part of, I I don't know which organ it was in our body. It could have been our appendix or something was here and was there for that specific reason to help us be able to eat that thing off the ground. We were little monkeys on the, on the Savannah running around, you know, looking for lions, tigers, and bears. Oh my, trying to not get eaten. You know, we would pick up on that plant when something was going wrong and chew on it. And that's the reason why we develop that endocannabinoid system. That's the reason why we develop those cannabinoids inside those endocannabinoids inside of our body yeah. to help us have a retroactive response to things. So, you know, I mean, there's doctors right now that are researching the fact that some some of the you know uh, illnesses that we face right now could be from amanda anandamide deficiency yeah. um, mankind ate those seeds for protein. mankind knew about hemp seeds for well over five hundred years before we outlawed them. We ate hemp porridge when in the Civil war we ate hemp porridge when we came to the United States. As the pilgrims, people think, you know, tobacco is what made America. It's not. Hemp is what made America. We were yeah. eating it. We were clothing in it. We were bathing in it. We were using it for to, paper. To, write huh? paper. For paper. For, paper. to oh.
1: create our laws, to write our laws on, you know, what our country okay. is right?
0: And for yeah. our, all of our sails, all of our sailboats, all of our rope, everything that we use as a society, we used hemp to light our cabins at night. That hemp oil was, was, was burning in our cabins. Wondering, well, if it was burning in our cabins, we were smelling that. We were sniffing that. We were ingesting that. Yeah. And that became a part of our genetic makeup. Yeah. So for all us to now arbitrarily say, no, you're not going to do this because we think Black people and Hispanics do it. So let's just outlaw that for the rest of the world and tell the rest of the world you can't sell it because it's going to stop Charles DuPont from creating things called textiles. And it's going to stop, you know, William Randolph Hearst from tearing down big trees. Come on now. Stop.
1: Exactly. and then the arbitrary if you look at it actually it's like well why is CBD like 0.3% or less considered I'm sorry why is hemp with uh, 0.3% or less THC considered like you can sell that that's considered hemp but then above it that's considered cannabis and it's considered a drug the reason they have that is this crazy arbitrary like study that was done in Canada so they just threw that down like there's no like I was talking to lawmakers here and the guy he was like oh well like he's a farmer right and he didn't know he thought like if he had the the stuff that had more than 0.3 percent that he would get high and if i'm like dude no you have to like it has to get decarbed you have to do all these things to even activate it but even so like i mean that's the level and even doctors right we didn't even understand the endocannabinoid system until like the set they didn't even know it existed until like the 70s yeah you 76 know? 77 76
0: 78 82 i think is when mushroom really identified because he was trying to figure out where the receptors were in the brain that helped us actually process this. People don't even understand that. So then they found these receptors and they realized that, oh my goodness, we've got this, this system throughout the entire body, you know, CB1, CB2 connectors that literally are antagonized by plant-based cannabinoids, helping us stimulate our own production of our own endocannabinoids. So people don't even understand when you, when you say those things, the endocannabinoid system, people don't understand it. No, I don't. Manufacture THC in my body. I manufacture anandamide or 2AD. You know, people don't understand that, but it's the THC and CBD that actually antagonize my receptors to make me produce that, which is more medicinal for my body.
1: It's, exactly. It's, uh, exactly. no it's just so i mean but there is a lot like it is a lot of the scientific stuff and that's why i personally like love the science part and then i'm like okay let me tell you how it works because i can like i love to understand it and i do like the data but you also have to look at a lot of the data that we have in the united states and it's like who did it who funded it follow the money right it's like funded the old, one good study was like by nida and they did it where it was trying to say that cannabis smoking cannabis causes cancer and they proved like by smoking joints and they proved the opposite. Like, so That's they were like,
0: you know. That was that 19, uh, 1999 study that I think Bill Clinton commissioned with uh, who was the former drug jar that guy that was that anyway, uh, General McCaffrey. And they literally, I think, utilized was a Southern California, University of Southern California, where they literally did the study trying to determine that cannabis was a cancer causing agent, and found out that cannabis literally has some neuroprotective and cellular protective qualities that literally block in some ways cancer from developing in the lungs, which I thought was a really, really good study. I'm, I'm going to try, I've been trying and I'm waiting on a book right now. Cause I think normal just put out a book that's giving kind of a, a roundup of, of, you know, some of the 3,700 peer reviewed study documents that have been out here now in the last year and a half. And I'm trying to go through them, and I'm going to go through them. And I will end up, I will, see, I will take the time. It's going to take me probably a year to do it. But I'm going to read all 3,700 of those peer-reviewed documents.
1: Nice. From
0: those to understand. Because I I feel like, you know, people come to me for information, and I want to make sure that I'm steeped in the information, or I can at least direct you in the right direction. I mean, I think part of what we've been missing out for in the last year and a half when it comes to COVID there is th- at least three peer-reviewed study documents out there right now that show that there are properties in cannabis that are a better anti-inflammatory for the inside of your lungs than what we have been using for anti-inflammatories against COVID.
1: Yeah, it helps that cytokine storm. Yeah, exactly.
0: Right. Excuse me. Where, why has not anybody well, even said a word about this? Because they're afraid. Because, yeah. Go mm-hmm. ahead. No you got
1: because they're afraid, and then because it's like there's money in there and they want to block it, they don't want that you know I mean that's no, not right. gonna
0: uh, come on I, I, if I can charge fifteen hundred dollars a month for three thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars I don't even know what that set of X is going for these days, but it's such a ridiculously high price yeah. and yeah. when you understand that it's coming from something that's called a weed. You yeah. literally grow with that. You ain't gotta be out there trimming and clipping and making it all pretty to make it work. You yeah. can just throw that shit out there just the same way people did back in the forties and fifties and flew over the Appalachian Trail dropping seeds. You can yeah. walk on the Appalachian Trail and find yourself some weed growing there anywhere out in the woods. You know, the same thing happened in California. And nobody trimmed it. Nobody was out there checking the water levels. Nobody was out there checking the PhD now. You know, if it if it happened to land and bouncing some soil that allowed it to leach up some nasty shit. Well, excuse me, nasty stuff? Well, I want to make sure that I'm not consuming that. But there's a couple of them seeds landed over there, and they landed in a nice, good pasture. And those things have been growing by themselves, dropping more seeds in the ground, growing more plants for themselves. For the last 20, 30 years, there's nothing wrong with that. It drives me nuts.
1: And just saying, I mean, if people have been using like Rick Simpson oil and stuff, you know, that obviously cannabis had mold and other things, people were spraying things on it, but they were still making oil out of it and they still were able to have really positive benefits, um, with, you know, their their illnesses. I can't want to say it cures cancer, you know, but definitely um THC causes apoptosis and cancer cells. So, you know, it's like, I mean, just saying, uh, I think that it's still, but I agree with you. It's it's a plant. And you know what's crazy though is the research too, you know, there's this woman in Arizona, Sue Sicily. She's phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, she's phenomenal. But all the research, so I was did this um I just did an article on her, and she, you know, she, well, she just lost her banking from the Scottsdale Research Institute, because so she was saying. But the whole point is, she, so they're constantly penalizing this woman who's trying to do research on veterans. Now she wasn't pro cannabis in the beginning, but she saw how much it helped the veterans, so she decided to research it. She's doing all this stuff to be able to get them medication. She said that the stuff they got, like, was this pale, anemic, green, like that. The that two thirds of the veterans returned the product rather than even try it for the study so that's what they're getting from this research grade so it's like first off any research done in the u.s is from that old miss you know crappy cannabis which in no way represents what's on the market who even knows like i mean they say it's closer to hemp but i mean what does that even really mean in terms of terpene profile you know in terms of terpene
0: who knows that stuff coming out of mississippi i I had a candidate irv rosenthal Irv rosenthal gave me his canisters and in uh, fact, I kept it for a long time. Um, that's some of the the, the rankest, trashiest weed grown to man. Yeah. And you're, you're right. Now at least the DEA has, you know, opened up a little research in California, allowing some of the the product that's on the shelves to be tested, which is really good, I think. And that should expand more and more and more. But yeah. I think you know, we're I'm hoping that 2022 bodes. First off, we just saw what just happened during 2021, during you know the COVID outbreak, where where now, you know, product is being sent directly to consumers' homes. That's that's a you know, whether we like it or not, that's a dog that's out the fence. It's not coming back. You can try all you want, you might outlaw it all you want, it's just gonna go into the black market. And it's yeah. the same thing that California California seeing as the biggest problem that you guys have with the cannabis market out there right now. It's black market, black yeah. market competition and why because people are tired sick and tired of paying the taxes paying- the taxes i
1: mean they tax you out of business i mean it's like right. and the only people are can survive on that is scale so you have to have a huge business and then you're trying to get your you know equity in other states so you're trying to influence the laws like california's voter initiative right so we vote on stuff other like places like a lot of the midwest and the east coast are you know legislative change with the laws so they're just paying lobbyists to do that stuff so that's what's hard i mean that's again what's driving that that stuff and um it's 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 just like health needs to be uh, wealth, you know, like health needs, yes. instead of getting, instead of sickness and selling disease, we need to sell health, you
0: know? Yes. Well, on that vein, I mean, what do you think is one of the most important things that doctors need to know when it comes to considering, you know, helping their patients, uh, who come to them and say, Hey, have you heard about CBD? Have you heard about XYZ?" I mean, you know, again, I, I, you know, I've had multiple conversations with Sanjay Gupta who's got his next special coming out. Um, Soon on cannabis that I think, you know, one of the things that you got to give him credit for is that the fact that he's done specials opened up some of the conversation. However, the conversations were opened up on the wrong topics. I mean, you know, everybody thinks that it's only CBD. It's not only CBD, you know, it's CBDA, CBDV, it's THCA, THCV. It's, it's CBN, CBD. It's, you know, we can, we go on and on and on and on and on for the identifiable CBN. You know C B C. You know yeah. we we can we can go on and on and on and identify cannabinoids that we know have some viable medical um, efficacy. Uh, yeah. And and yet now we got a whole world that says, "Well, I don't have CBD and I don't want to take it." It's like, shut up! You don't know what you're talking about.
1: Yeah. But exactly. You know,
0: how do we, how do we get more and more doctors? And again, I go back to what I said earlier about the fact that we have been such 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 a poor job in educating not only the consumers, but educating the masses. We as an industry need to focus in on that and not try and educate the industry on how better to get high, but educate the industry on how valuable the plant is.
1: Agree, agree. Um, Yeah, I think, unfortunately, the focus is I mean, the higher that everybody wants higher THC values, they don't even necessarily know what that means, you know, but that's what's selling. And it's very unfortunate because it's all these other compounds. And also like you're saying, like they call it like the ensemble effect or, you know, it's like all of these things have to come together to make it. And I think that's what makes it so hard for the pharmaceutical con- like industry, because when they isolate compounds, they don't work the same by themselves. There's these interactions that are going on. And the thing with doctors is I think they need like a crash course in it, but I really really think there needs to be like chemistry done um you know so they can understand because the thing is what scares me and you know you've mentioned a few times like you you know all the there's all that cannabinoids that are being created you know and they're definitely not regulated which you know we know like they're perfect by any means um and and uh but at the same time like having some standards is good because people are making this stuff like you know like thco i've heard about they say that that's oh a I I
0: think
1: it's like ayahuasca light or something. Like it takes like 60 to 90 minutes to kick in. People are taking out of a vape pen. Like that just sounds terrifying to me. You know,
0: I I am that, that I feel like that's where certain people in the industry need to be grabbed by their toes and and, and hung up on a tray. It's like, stop. Why do you want to be such a butthead? And, and again, it's chemically altered uh, components of the plant that would not have been naturally there. That's exactly. what bothered me. Right? That's what bothered so you me too. You're synthesizing something and claiming it to be natural, which it is not. And you know, depending on how you process it, it can be anywhere from 5 to 20 to 30 times stronger than THC. I've heard numbers that, that are that high. Yeah. And the second somebody takes, takes a hit off of this, walks out and walks in front of a truck thinking they were Superman, the entire industry is going to pay the price.
1: I you entirely. That's always been my concern because, you know, the industry needs to be educated too. I mean, the doctors don't know, but I mean, how many people in the industry even know this? I mean, you have bud tenders, they don't, a lot of them are, you know, they don't really know what they're talking about a lot, you know? So it is challenging because it's like, People don't know. They're giving people this stuff. It's completely synthetic. You know, it scares me because it's like, we don't even know, you know, people talk about the long-term effects of COVID or the vaccine. Who even knows what the long-term effects of taking these other synthetic cannabinoids that don't, I mean, and that's what concerns me. I think- like, we need, But we need more
0: people like you who are botanists, who are are educated, who understand this to tell these people at the high, screaming at the, high, at the, at the top of your lungs that this is synthetic. When you have to Run, you know, shelf chemicals across another chemical to elicit another chemical. That's yeah. not nature. Yeah,
1: no, no. And then wait. Here's the other thing. I just had this article on it this past week. They're doing now. They're growing cannabinoids in yeast and on bacteria, I
0: thought, right? Okay. Yeah. And they come out of Israel. They're, yeah, they're making a bacteria farm all over.
1: Or- yeah. We just somebody just made a huge batch, and they're shipping it here for like ten. You know, and they made ten kilograms of these. So they're selling it, you know, and I mean, it's terrifying because it's like, what on earth? They're saying, oh, no, it's the same thing. And we can just grow them better and more surface area, you know, and it's like, we don't even understand what's on the plant. Like now you're growing. I mean, I'm just like, this is terrifying. You know, I love to take it all back to basics with people like, you know, saying you're going back to, you know, Indica and Sativa, you know, I have this funny little story. So I'm like, okay, get in like my, my invisible plane. I'm Wonder Woman, you know, so we're going down to Columbia, you know, get out. (laughs) we're in the rainforest, you know, we're we're south, you know, southeast Asia and you know, what's going on? Look around, right? It's a rainforest. It's wet. There's a lot of humidity. There's a lot of canopy, a big rainforest. There's a lot going on. So here's a plant. It needs to grow tall. It's got a long growing season. It has really wide and has narrow, sorry, very narrow, long leaves. So the water can drip off and it can run through that canopy. The buds grow really long time, sativa, long time to to grow to finish, they're more airy. They also contain a lot higher amounts of limonene. Limonene retards mold. Um, so if you look at that plant, it's grown a certain way for its environment to succeed. Now, if now get back in the plane, we're going to, uh, all right, now get off We're get out. We're in the uh, Hindu Kush mountains. And so, you know, look around, it's cold. Uh, Like all these plants are everything on top of a mountain is always like these scraggly little trees, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's a harsh environment. It's really short growing season. So these buds grow small and hard and round, but the leaves are short and fat and wide because they want to get as light as they can and moisture. And then they also grow... They turn more purple um, with that cold, but they also grow sweeter terpenes overall, like myrcene and lenolol. And if you think about pollination strategies, you know, if it's on the top of a mountain, there's winds blowing a lot. How do I know that it might, you know, it's going to get from one patch to another patch? Well, I'm going to try to entice insects, you know, and the thing is basically that's going to allow sweetness you know Mm -hmm. and and to but regardless it's like if you look at these plants they came they they they're morphologically from a certain way you know and they and then but they were all used for for uh you know you know uh ceremonial getting high and then also medicinal uses within all of these realms but then like you've said um the genetic diversity now is so narrow with the legal system, at least California track and trace, it goes from seed to sale. So they made it so you can't really introduce like new species or new strains. Sorry. And so it's, uh, It's really crazy because I feel like they're narrowing it, narrowing it, narrowing it more. And then we start to see some negative effects in people like this cannabis hyperemesis syndrome um, and other things like that. And so I think that we really need to understand more of what's going on in here. How do we do that at a super fast speed? I don't really know, but I do know that people are using it. And I think that people really need to take responsibility and pay attention to themselves. And, you know, I like it that a doctor can't, you know, I can't give you a mint and say, take, take this money and this is it. It's saying, take this and see how you feel, you know, Take it back in yourself. I mean, I think definitely seek out people who have information. I'm there to shout it like you from the rooftops. Um, and thank goodness there are other people like this. But I also think that people need to educate themselves on things, you know?
0: We, we just- really do. But people really do need to educate themselves, especially when it comes to these things like THC8, thc this new crap that's coming. I, I saw an article about that and I literally. You know, almost uh, almost had a heart attack when they were talking about being able to grow these fake synthetic cannabinoids. And don't tell me that a fake synthetic cannabinoid is nature. It's not, it's not natural. Stop. I like, agree. there's people trying I to sell agree. Crap to you and, and that's what's coming down the pike. So I mean let's 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 talk about what do you think some of the biggest trends will be that we're gonna see. I'm gonna run out of time here real short, but but I mean, what are some of the biggest trends that you think are gonna we'll start seeing in 2022? first, uh, or maybe let's talk a little bit about the increased mainstream use of cannabis. What do you think is going to go on there?
1: I think it's just as we see the stigma drop, you know, and then so many more brands getting online, you know, Republic, I mean, not only Republicans, but a lot of uh, bipartisan support for cannabis. I think that people are more open to it. You know, it's kind of like legal equals moral more so. And so they're kind of they're more opened. Oh, CBD, it doesn't get you high. So I think that that's where we start to see people start to be open to it. And then they start to understand a little more and, and learn and then walk through. So I really think that, again, also, I really think the the scare of, of us being sick, you know, nobody wants to be sick. So we're, we want to look at our health. And if that's part of a healthy lifestyle or helping maintain our stress and our inflammation, I think people are moving towards that for sure.
0: And what do you think about you know the fact that I think there are some people as we've been talking about the fact that everybody's going after the higher high that 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 higher level of THC, but there's also some low dose offerings going on right now, right?
1: Yeah. And that's it, it. There is. And I think that that's honestly great because it allows more people who are kind of or don't have experience with it to do something safely, like we said, you know, so starting with a very low dose thing, because often people, you know, depending on your your needs, everybody has different doses. So it's very body dependent, dose dependent for the person. But, you know, that way you can start. It's like instead of taking like shots of Everclear or tequila, you can start with like a wine cooler. It's okay. You know, right, and, right. And the thing is, what's really cool, too, with the low dose options is like people are putting it in lots of different things. So, you know, it's in like the other day I was at an event and it was in barbecue sauce. But we had, you know, these drinks and you could dose it from one to 20 milligrams. And there's social tonics. There's like the California sober where you're, you know, people want to smoke and not drink so much. And and I again, I think that ties into health. But the low dose options allows people to use it safely, you know, more safer. Yes.
0: I, I agree. I think the load of this I think we should, you know, I, I, I 20 almost 15 years ago, I came up with a an idea for, you know, mixing not only cannabis or or, or THC laden cannabis with hemp, where, you know, I have uh I literally made some formulations of of 25% THC, 75% CBD, 50-50. 25, 25, 25, 75, the other way, 10, 90, the other way, both ways. So 10% THC, 90% CBD. So that when you consume, you know, what people don't understand it, that CBD will help to moderate that high. So if you add THC to whatever you're consuming, you can kind of buffer down that, 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 you know, extreme end of the high and, um,
1: I think that yeah, goes I mean, into the mainstream use too, like you were saying, or even increased mainstream use. Because once people like start with CBD, then they it's like the little gateway. Then they're like, oh, okay, I want to get more pain relief. So then they start with the ratios, like you said. And I feel like ratios and people using at least understanding that THC and CBD together can work better. Then you move kind of past the isolated thing more so into understanding more of the the combination. And props to you on that because. And then
0: also adding terpenes. I mean, I, I literally have formulated some product. I've got a product that's going to come back out marketplace here soon i'm I'm about to relaunch my my brand itself but um you know i have a cbd product that is not just cbd but a cbd with specific terpenes and my edible products i'm using not just hemp-based terpenes but i'm also using some other food grade terpenes that i think also help in digestion and help getting it into the, the mitochondria so i'm doing that and i also have a thc product that's come coming the marketplace that is not just THC, but it's THC, CBD, and a, a proprietary terpene formulations that go along with that. Completely. So, like, yeah,
1: that's awesome. People don't understand either that there's dietary cannabinoids, which are also terpenes. So, like, beta carotene yes. is a terpene and a cannabinoid. Um, right. I've done a lot of research on that. The other thing is, I had a cancer patient, unfortunately, recently passed away, but she spent her um, her retirement on funding a researcher in Israel. This woman had um ovarian cancer, and she found that certain strain with certain terpenes and certain cannabinoids, not all of them, worked really well for her specific ovarian cancer. There's supposed to be a paper released, and when I find it out, I will forward it to you. Please. But um, it's really neat to see that like sometimes like I think a lot of it's like we're throwing everything at it and hoping that some stuff works. But it'll be really neat to see that these specific formulations are actually going to be best for certain things too. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Well, Liz, I got to say, I can't thank you enough for being a part of the show today. We're out of time. I could talk to you for hours. And um, <laughs> you know, uh, I think maybe we ought to try to figure out a way to get back together and do this again in the future. And maybe let, let's, do, let's, let's do one session where we can just kind of, you know, you bring some, bring some uh, peer-reviewed papers. I'll bring some peer-reviewed papers and let's talk them through so we can try to educate our listeners.
1: I would love that. I would love that. It's really important to look deep into the study too. So I commend you on doing that. You're really looking at what's going on.
0: I think we have to, again, it's like, you know, if I would do that for aspirin, I would do that for anything else. I'm putting in my body. I may as well make sure I do that. And like you, you know, I mean, what we learn, we can't just keep to ourselves. We have to share with others.
1: Exactly. That's why it's really important to do this together. So thank you for having me. I would love to to talk more anytime. I'm a full can of nerd.
0: (laughs) If If people wanted to get more information from you, where do they go?
1: They can go to LizRogan.com. Um, that's my website. And you can also tune in on Clubhouse. I'm on the State of Cannabis News Hour. We're on um, Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Um, Eastern Time, noon. But it's a full hour of the latest cannabis news. And uh, yeah.
0: Really?
1: yeah. It's, it's amazing oh, it. to tune in.
0: Congratulations.
1: Oh, thanks. We'd love to have you on as a guest sometime, but we do. We you cover all, everything that's breaking. Four minutes and 20 second little bites of, of cannabis news.
0: Whenever. I'd love to come on. I'd love to come on and just share and chop it up with you a little bit.
1: Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. It's been a real you. pleasure.
0: You guys well, You have a great day. Stay safe out there. Love your family and you know, uh, keep giving people the information that they need to make good choices for themselves and their family. Okay.
1: Thank you. You too. And thanks so much for all you've done for the industry. Honestly. I was thinking back, I'm like, it must have been like twenty fourteen is when I saw you at it. I think like Women Grow Conference, they sponsored right. and yeah. you were one of the keynote speakers and stuff.
0: So. Yep. yep, yeah, no, yeah. No, thank yeah. You. Just uh, thanks I, for all you
1: do. You're you're a real like pioneer, you're a real advocate, and just can't tell you how much I appreciate you. Thank you. I'm
0: going to stay at it now. I can't say how much I appreciate you. Thank you so much for what you do. And again, you are welcome back here anytime. I think, um, you know, we ought to definitely plan out. I'm going to do a a year-end review uh, uh, podcast uh, about Let's Be Blunt, but I'd love to have you back on one of those. And let's just... Talk about some of the exciting things that have already just happened, and what we think yeah. will happen in the next year. So
1: awesome! Again, I love it. Uh, Thank you so all,
0: much. For sure, for all of you who've been watching, look—you got to enjoy this. I, I know you will enjoy. Liz Rogan, make sure you go up on her website if you want more information. One more time, Liz, give it out again.
1: Uh, LizRogan.com. That's L-I-Z-R-O-G-A-N, like Joe Rogan. (laughs) So (laughs) LizRogan.com.
0: Well, I think I like this Rogan better. So, (laughs) Thank you so much for what you do. You take care of yourself. and Make sure you guys make sure you tune in to the next Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Thanks for joining me on Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Please make sure you're subscribed and hit the bell to be notified when new episodes post each week. We'd love to hear your feedback also, so please send us your comments.